When it comes to chronic conditions, fighting inflammation is essential. A friend of mine is learning how to manage and reverse her endometriosis. One of the things that she learned that she needs to do to manage her endo is to get the inflammation in her body under control. And so she was asking me a bunch of questions about it. And she was like, you know what? You should do an episode on this for me, spotlighting the nutrients that I should focus on taking that target inflammation and help reduce it. I was like, yeah, that is a great topic. And that is what I'm going to be diving into today. Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha and notebook, Let's dive in. When you are dealing with symptomatic autoimmune disease or symptomatic chronic disease, whatever the list is, getting systemic inflammation under control is absolutely essential. To be able to do that, you need to, you need to give the body what it needs. I think it's important to first talk through the, what potential root causes for inflammation or what potential triggers for inflammation there are. And then we'll talk about how to address it from a food standpoint from there, what to eat, what to avoid. So root causes of systemic chronic inflammation can be things like leaky gut that can be caused by food sensitivities, infection, pathogens, herbicides, pesticides, antibiotics, medications, things like that. Nutrient deficiencies, chronic stress, certain medications, including NSAIDs, a pro-inflammatory diet, viral reactivations like EBV, for example, Epstein-Barr virus, mold toxicity, and or other environmental toxins. I remember when I was new to this whole holistic health world, this list felt overwhelming. Like, how could I possibly even know where to begin to get my inflammation under control, especially if I don't know what the actual root cause triggers for it are? What I've learned in my decade of health coaching and partnering with doctors is that the place to start is your diet. We have to clean that up first. Once it's cleaned up and is anti-inflammatory in general, if your symptoms aren't improving as much as we'd like, it narrows down what to look for, what tests to run, where to explore. Because when your body's on fire, we don't know where to begin. But once we put the fire out, then we're able to go, oh, here is what is causing the spark that causes the fire or we can look in that like we can say hey this room is more charred than the rest so it's probably coming from here so it really narrows down finding that root cause which saves you a whole lot of time frustration and money right I personally think that this is empowering if you've listened to episode 49 you know that you have the power to reduce your symptoms anywhere from 70 to 95 percent from diet and lifestyle alone i think that's incredible 
Before we dive into the five anti-inflammatory nutrients you want to focus on, I want to talk about food. What foods are feeding inflammation? Number one is excessive sugar intake and artificial sweeteners. Excessive sugar intake depletes vital nutrients, especially magnesium, but others too. It contributes to high blood sugar, which damages the cells in your body and contributes to inflammation. And it's also been linked to uh, causing dementia and other disorders. Artificial sweeteners are microbiome killers. They kill off the beneficial gut bacteria and leave room for more harmful bacteria to flourish. Then we have seed oils. Seed oils are incredibly high in omega-6 fatty acids. Now, omega-6 fatty acids are naturally occurring, okay? But in nature, they are balanced with omega-3 fatty acids, which are incredibly anti-inflammatory. I'll actually be talking about this later. The problem with seed oils are that they are, number one, in everything, And because of this, they are over-consumed and cause an imbalance of that omega-3, omega-6 balance. Omega-6s are pro-inflammatory where omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. And in nature, we need both, but in the right ratios, okay? So when we are consuming seed oils, we are contributing to inflammation in the body. Number three are trans fats. Now, most of us have heard of trans fats by now, and we know how harmful they are. What you might not know is they haven't been removed from processed foods. They are still used in all the processed foods today. They just add low enough amounts amounts per serving that they don't have to be on the label. Highly processed foods have trans fats in them. And because it helps them stay shelf stable. So the other flip side of that is by removing trans fats, we've replaced them with seed oils. And both are pretty horrible options, honestly. And the last one I want to focus on are refined carbohydrates and excessive carbohydrate intake. Refined carbohydrates uh, pretty much have all nutrition removed, and what's left is sugar. Food manufacturers do add synthetic vitamins and minerals back in so Americans don't become malnourished, but even still, refined carbohydrates are basically sugar and will raise your blood sugar levels, which contributes to inflammation. The other thing is, is even if you're eating quote-unquote healthy carbohydrates, you can eat them in excess. And even if it's from a healthy source in excess, you're still going to raise blood sugar in the body, which contributes to inflammation and a whole host of other diseases, right? So now that we know what we need to minimize, let's talk about what we need to focus on including more of. Number one is lots of produce, especially vegetables. Fruits and vegetables are rich in antioxidants, which help fight inflammation and also help the body heal. They are also rich in vitamins and minerals, which help prevent nutrient deficiencies. And when our bodies have what they need, it's able to run optimally, and that is what we want. Next up, we want high-quality protein. High-quality protein isn't just protein. Okay, so high quality protein is animal based 
proteins. Low quality protein is plant-based proteins. And basically, if you think about it, high quality proteins, proteins from animal-based products are basically like a dress arriving as a whole. And and it's in perfect shape, right? And then if you think about uh, plant-based proteins, there's basically like the dress was made, you rip it apart, and then you have to put it back together. And so it just takes a lot more enzymes and work for the body to uh, get what it needs, basically, all the amino acids and stuff. So if we think about it, most meats are, yes, they're rich in protein, but they're not just, it's not just amino acids. Like there is actually a lot of minerals and even omega-3 fatty acids in animal-based proteins. That includes grass-fed and finished beef, eggs, you know, chicken, fish, all of the stuff, wild game. When they eat diet that is natural to them, the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio is in balance. Like, I mean, we're talking high amounts of omega-3s and low amounts of omega-6s. And when they're not fed a, a natural diet, the omega-3s are very low and the omega-6s are very high, which are inflammatory. Okay. So we want to make sure we're getting high quality protein so that our bodies don't have to work as hard to get what it needs. And also we are getting all the minerals and omega-3 fatty acids that we need to address nutritional deficiencies and help our bodies run optimally, right? Next, we want to make sure we're getting our fats from healthy sources. Fats do not make you fat. Fats are essential for our immune system, our nervous system, our eyes, and our skin. We need to make sure that we're getting our healthy fats that are not seed oils. Uh, a few healthy fats include uh, avocado, butter, olives, olive oil, egg yolks, uh, lard, tallow, uh, whole nuts, and seeds. And then we want to include lots of herbs and spices. Herbs and spices are truly medicinal. Each herb and spice targets different things. Uh, for example, oregano is antimicrobial. Turmeric is a potent anti-inflammatory, especially combined with black pepper. Tulsi basil is adaptogenic. And when you use herbs and spices in your cooking, you're also getting lots of flavor and those healing properties included in the herbs and spices, which I think is just really cool. Now, if you want to know what eating like this looks like, you're like, okay, Marion, like you just threw all this stuff at me. What am I supposed to do with this information? What does this look like? Go down to the show notes and download my free guide. That will kind of give you a really solid jump start so that you can start making over your plate and start leaning more towards an anti-inflammatory diet. I also recommend joining my Facebook community completely free. And that's where I invite you into my kitchen where I'm cooking. I give impromptu and scheduled workshops. I share recipes and more. And then if you want really specific targeted help for your individual life, go check out my coaching programs and what it would look like to work with me and schedule a discovery call where I can answer your questions on, you know, make sure that we're a good fit before you decide to hire me to help you figure this out so that you can figure it out, make it your norm and move on with your life. Okay, now let's get to what the whole topic of today is those anti-inflammatory nutrients that you want to include on a regular basis. Number one, and if you have to pick just one off of this list, this is the one I want you to pick. Omega-3 fatty acids. This is one of the most well-known and underutilized anti-inflammatory nutrients. 
Omega-3 fatty acids are an essential fatty acid, meaning our bodies do not produce them. We have to get them from food. So if we don't get them from food, we at least need it through supplementation, okay? A few science-backed health issues omega-3s help with include reducing the risk of heart disease, alleviating symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis. They are essential for fetal growth and development, which tells me we definitely still need them as adults. Play a role in brain and eye health. Alleviate symptoms of anxiety and depression, help reduce ADHD symptoms, help reduce triglycerides while increasing HDL cholesterol, helps lower blood pressure, helps reduce symptoms of all autoimmune disease, help prevent age-related dementia, and alleviate PMS symptoms. Just to name a few. That's just a few. That is the short list. Let's talk about how to get them. We all know that they are rich in seafood, right? Everybody's like, oh, you need omega-3s, eat more salmon. But did you also know that omega-3s are rich in grass-fed beef and butter made from uh, and butter made from their milk? Eggs from chickens who eat a normal healthy diet. And did you know that chickens actually eat bugs and small animals too? Yep. And wild game. This is why what you eat matters. Vegetarian sources do not include EPA or DHA, but they do contain ALA and What I'm naming are the different, so omega-3s, these are the three fatty acids, EPA, DHA, and ALA. So a few plant-based sources include flax seeds, walnuts, um, algae, and seaweed. We do need all three of them, so you don't really want to just focus on one food source. We need a balance of animal-based and plant-based foods, okay? Supplementation is usually necessary if you're dealing with high levels of inflammation and or don't like seafood. You'll want to talk to your functional medicine or naturopathic doctor to figure out the best dose for you. The second most important, in my opinion, anti-inflammatory nutrient is magnesium. Magnesium is necessary for over 300 biochemical reactions in the body, including nerve function, muscle strength, regulation of blood pressure, and control of synthesis of DNA, protein, and bone tissue, as well as blood sugar levels. It does a lot. And when we're deficient in it, we will have fatigue, loss of appetite, muscle spasms, nausea, stiffness, weakness, major PMS, PMDD, and not be able to sleep very well. If it goes untreated and we we, we just neglect it, then we're going to have abnormal heart rhythms, numbness and tingling in our extremities. We're actually going to have personality changes and it can, we can even have seizures, which is crazy. We know that magnesium plays a huge role in creating inflammation in the body. And if you're already dealing with inflammation for whatever reason, we'll worsen it if you de- become deficient. Deficiency feeds the flame, so to speak. This is a simple one to address and people who are deficient in it usually feel better within days which i think is actually pretty cool if you're dealing if you're taking it for pms you usually won't notice much change for the first cycle but you will by the second and then every cycle after that and i'm speaking from experience there foods that contain higher amounts of magnesium include avocado almonds pumpkin seeds legumes fatty fish and dark leafy greens However, due to modern farming practices, most foods we eat do not contain as much magnesium as they used to, and it's actually quite difficult to get from food alone. It's really pretty much impossible. 
So usually supplementation is required. There are several different types of magnesium out there and everybody likes to spotlight each one individually and what they do, which I think is good for knowledge. But what I found is taking one that includes five to seven to all nine of them is actually one of the best in their most bioavailable forms. So you're going to want to do your research and there's several brands out there. There's been a few um, experts on here who have supplement lines that, um, you know, are verified. Uh, Billy Weiss was just on and, you know, he, he was last week actually. So, you know, you, you can look into his and then there's a few others. So just do your research, but usually I recommend having more than one type uh, of magnesium daily. Next up is vitamin D. Low vitamin D levels are strongly linked to high inflammation markers in the body. Even here in sunny Arizona, I know of so many people who are incredibly deficient. I've seen people with numbers as low as 9, with the minimum in the allopathic range being 30, and 50 being the lowest in the ideal range. So it's very common, and living in a sunshine state does not guarantee that you have enough. Vitamin D is an immune modulator. It helps keep the immune system functioning optimally. When we don't have enough of it, it can't do its job well and inflammation spirals out of control. There can be some weird symptoms you would never guess mean vitamin D deficiency. And that includes oily hair and scalp, hair loss, muscle weakness, chronic fatigue, a weak immune system, so you're getting every virus going around. Kind of makes sense, right? Excessive sweating anxiety and depression, blood sugar imbalances, ongoing stomach issues. I thought this one was super interesting, but if you have low vitamin D levels, you're going to have stomach issues, which I think is crazy cool. Interesting. Not cool. Interesting. Lots of cavities despite good oral hygiene and chronic headaches. I find the body to be so fascinating with how it cries out for help and how just how everything interacts Um, and nutrient deficiencies are something that I just find incredibly interesting and it's so easy to address and start feeling better so quickly. Ideally, we would get our vitamin D from the sun. However, most people are terrified of the sun due to the skin cancer campaign that started years ago and won't go out unprotected. So these days, most people will need to take a supplement to stay in the ideal range for vitamin D. To find out how much you need to take, you're going to have to find out what your vitamin D levels are and then have a doctor who's versed in vitamin D and believes in it guide you on how guide you on what to take from there. This is something that you can overdo. So you want to make sure you retest to make sure you're taking the correct amount and your body's processing it and you're in a healthy range. You don't want to go too high because that causes a lot of damage as well. Okay. So it's not one that you can just like take 50,000 every day for the rest of your life. Like that's not how it works. Okay. And the fourth anti-inflammatory nutrient I want to talk about is quercetin. Quercetin is probably most known for how it helps reduce seasonal allergy symptoms and migraines, but it's also an anti-inflammatory and helps reduce pain and asthma symptoms. One of the primary ways it works is by blocking important inflammatory substances and pathways similar to the way NSAIDs do, like ibuprofen, aspirin, and naproxen, without all those negative side effects, which is super cool. It also helps block the production of prostatin prostaglandins, I probably said that wrong, one of the key mediators of the inflammatory response. 
This mighty nutrient is a flavonoid found primarily in dark leafy greens, tomatoes, berries, and broccoli, but it is present in all fruits and vegetables. From what I've read, the ideal dose uh, for quercetin that you'd want to take each day is somewhere between 500 and 1,000 milligrams, and it is more potent when combined with bromelain. So, you know, if you're kind of looking up this nutrient and you, you're going to see, hey, combined with bromelain, that's why it makes it more potent. And last but definitely not least is curcumin. Curcumin is what makes turmeric yellow. And it has been extensively studied. Studies have shown repeatedly that it has a strong antioxidant and anti-inflammatory activity when used as a remedy for prevention and treatment of chronic diseases. It has been shown to alleviate pain from osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis, slow the progression of degenerative eye disorders, helps heal acute kidney injuries, alleviate seasonal allergies, helps prevent and stop the progression of atherosclerosis, which is the hardening of your arteries, okay? It increases your antioxidant capacity for the body. It boosts BDNF, which is brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which plays a role in memory and learning. And it's also the areas of the brain responsible for eating, drinking, body weight, and more. And all of this is still being studied. It's crazy, okay? One thing about curcumin is it's not easily absorbed by the body unless it's paired with black pepper. And specifically, uh, it's called piperine. In America, we don't use turmeric curry while cooking so a few ways you can incorporate it outside of taking a supplement is to make things like golden milk uh, have uh, turmeric tea and learn how to use turmeric in your cooking at home this sometimes this can feel a bit overwhelming there's no need to start spending hundreds of dollars on supplements What I recommend as a coach and a professional in this is to sit down and look at your diet. Ask yourself where you can fit some of these nutrients in more consistently. And if you want to outsource this task, you can hire me as your health coach and I can give you meal plans as a launching point along with individualized guidance to help you make these changes work in your individual life. You'll be surprised at what a good meal plan teaches you on how to incorporate all these foods that contain these nutrients so that you can start feeling better relatively quickly. From there, I recommend doing some research and seeing what you think would be the best fit for you. Quick review of the five anti-inflammatory nutrients I talked about today are omega-3 fatty acids, magnesium, vitamin D, quercetin, and curcumin. These five have been extensively studied and are well documented to help reduce inflammation and symptoms of inflammation in the body to get you feeling better. And again, do your research and, you know, pick one and start there and just, you know, see how you do. Like there's no magic bullet, but getting your diet right and then addressing these nutrient deficiencies you know, you're going to start feeling better and then you can kind of experiment and try new things from there. We all do. I still do this and that's okay. Like health is a journey. It's not a destination. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review? 
sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend. By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes, a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health-coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.